Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is back. This is Aaron. I'm here with Dr. M. Hello, Dr. M. Hello, Aaron. How's it going? I'm okay. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, trying to make sense of this crazy weather that's apparently happening across a lot of the Midwest with low temperatures today. So. Yeah, we've had, uh, you know, hovered around the 70s, maybe a little bit 80s here, and uh, I guess the next four days we're going to get blasted with a furnace-type temperature. So, you know, the way I describe the Midwest to people who have never lived here is spin a wheel, whatever it lands on, that's what the weather is that day. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, the reason we're not all amped up about whatever happened to TakeOver yet is because as we record this, it hasn't been uh, hasn't aired live yet. We're doing kind of a pre and post type of thing on this episode. So if you're looking for the NXT review, we're going to get to that um, in a few minutes on this episode, or you can try and fast forward ahead if you don't care what we have to say. But we're going to talk about final impressions for TakeOver, and it'll be kind of fun for you to listen to our pre-impressions after the show to see what we were right about. And if, if you want our full preview, we did one two episodes ago that you can check out, as well as my impression of the Samoa Joe Finn Balor match one episode ago, but uh, let's start with the week. Anything from Raw that you want to talk about that the people need to know or hear this week, Dr. M, besides Teddy Long being out of his mind crazy? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Teddy Long appearance was uh, was weird. I mean, it was it was nice to, to kind of see him have a cameo on TV, and um, I hope it's just cameo because as much as I like Teddy Long, I, I don't think he fits with uh, at least the direction I think WWE is going in right now. So I'll just leave that at that. It was weird. It was really um, weird. I am, I'm, I'm very high on, on the club right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a, a great move to turn AJ heel and put him with the club. And I like the rivalry he's building with Cena I really love the interactions they're having with the New Day, um, starting back on last week's SmackDown and then into this week's Raw. Um, I, I wish that could be sort of the focus right now instead of AJ sort of having a divided focus, but, you know, I won't complain. Well, what, what I think is going to happen with it is I think the club is going to have a clean sweep at Money in the Bank, and I think that's the way you kind of yeah. bring it all back together is, you know, they came in one night and dominated pretty much the power, you know, part of the power or upper echelon of the card in WWE beating the New Day, who are one of the longest reigning tag champs they have to be at this point of all time, and John Cena. I think that would be a nice night for the club, and I think it's a way to make them a legitimate act. So I agree it's a little disjointed, but I think that's where they're headed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And right now that's really... um sort of the major storyline or angle or whatever you want to call it that's keeping me interested at the moment. Um, I also, I, I like what's happening with Titus O'Neil. It's nice to see him involved in 
um, a semi-major storyline after his suspension. I got to give a thumbs down, though, to the women's division. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's crazy to think that just a couple months ago, we were at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. in Dallas witnessing that excellent triple threat match. Well, and a historic unveiling of a new title on top of that. Exactly, exactly. And here we are, what, two, three months later? And honestly, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Um, for one, for one thing, I, for one thing, I, I think Dana Brooke is yet another example of someone who's been called up too early. And oh, I, she's terrible. I get that. Um, I guess it was sort of a quick decision with Emma having to leave for surgery, but uh, Dana Brooke just doesn't. She's not ready. She doesn't fit with what's going on, and it's very apparent in the ring right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think she's sort of lousing up the place, to be honest. And you know, Charlotte has lost a lot of steam. Um, I, you know, I hesitate to say this, but sort of the same with Natty and Becky Lynch. Sort of seems to be third or fourth wheel. Well, the and, thing is, we've seen that already. We saw Becky and Charlotte how many times at the beginning of the year, and yeah. the same thing with the Natty matches recently. It's time for a new contender, and mm-hmm. you know the boss is going to be penciled in for that spot at SummerSlam, but I think what you're describing is WWE attempting to tread water to get there. And yeah, that's exactly what I've been thinking about a lot of WWE lately. It seems like it seems like they have something simmering, so like some big things simmering that are going to be amazing come SummerSlam time but it just seems to me that they don't have anything to do or any anything major in the meantime and so they're kind of coasting along hoping that fans will stick by until the SummerSlam hype starts yeah I mean like you said at the beginning um, there are a lot of good things happening on Raw I think John Cena and the club has been great and the New Day with the club has been great um Trying to think of what other feuds are going on. I like the Titus stuff. I like Enzo and Cass, what they're doing. You know, Raw was definitely, like you said, weird, but there's a lot of a lot of good moments plotted throughout that can keep you mostly invested. I did go I watched hour three on DVR the day after because um I don't know, people listening, if you if you're married or have a significant other, the Lifetime channel has one tremendous show that I watched with my wife called called unreal and um it's the most insane show on tv right now what is it about um it's like a behind it's like pretty much about the producers behind the scenes of a reality show kind of like the bachelor and they they do horrible horrible things to make the contestants be interesting on tv and uh it's crazy and like the first episode had i can't believe some of the stuff they're able to actually put on television like not you know not like paid subscription television, but actual mm-hmm. cable television. But mm-hmm. anyways, I watched that instead of the third hour raw. But I did go back. I've enjoyed seeing AJ get in there with the new day. AJ and Kofi was also very fun on SmackDown yeah. last week. I I did not watch Absolutely. most of SmackDown, but I did watch that mm-hmm. because it was a match we'd never seen before. And hopefully, with this draft, we're going to get more of that where you see more fresher matchups and not you know, what will probably be two or three iterations of John Cena tagging with people from the New Day against the club next week. That's probably what's going to happen as they do the final push for Money in the Bank. But yeah. um, and, and the other big note we, we 
would be remiss if we didn't mention this week is um, Brock Lesnar um, announcing with the UFC that he will be competing in a one-off match at UFC 200 against uh, Mark Hunt, which is ironic because apparently he's Samoan and Brock Lesnar has been wrestling off and on with a Samoan quite a bit in WWE over the last year or so. Um, I don't think either of us followed the UFC closely enough to comment on it from like an analyst type perspective. We'll save that for when two James is on here because he's a big MMA guy, but I, from the wrestling end of things, what concerns me, if Brock wins, it's great for everybody. It's definitely the really great press for WWE, regardless of what happens. But yeah, if the guy who beat the Undertaker's undefeated streak and has been like mega protected in terms of his on-air character being the Beast Incarnate, I'll just you know steal a phrase there. I guess it it really doesn't sit well with me if that person comes back, that character comes back in real life, having lost to a guy named Mark Hunt. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's a, a big gamble. I think that's a valid concern. It's yeah. a big gamble, man. Like, he better win. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it makes pro wrestling, you know, not look super great either, but I guess that's all perceptive in terms of the entertainment versus the realism of MMA. But mm-hmm. I think, it's, I think it's, it's very exciting. I just worry what happens if he loses. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a very valid concern. Um, I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I think you're absolutely right that I don't think this can necessarily be bad for WWE because I imagine, as I think many analysts have pointed out, that Vince would never let this happen unless he was getting something in return. Ronda Rousey. Um, yeah, that you know, I did immediately think of her, although. With her struggles as of late, I think her marketability is questionable. Um, but, I mean, I any, anyway, I think he's gotten something in return that made this all worthwhile, um, including media buzz. But um, I don't know, just this, as much as I like Brock and as much as he definitely draws attention when he's on TV, you know, just this come and go thing that's been happening for many years now. You know, it's making me start to to see like the the complaints of guys like Dolph Ziggler. Not that I didn't see them before, but these guys that can kind of come and go when they please, and when they do show up, they they get propelled into these marquee main event matchups. Whereas the guys who are on the road three hundred days a year, um, you know, scrapping, you know, just to hopefully get on TV every week. Um, are toiling away, and so I don't know. It, I, I have mixed feelings about it, but at the end of the day, this is a business, right? There's probably a lot of money that's going to come out of this for both sides. So, you know, more power to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and um, I, I think if if you were looking at it in terms of like a trade of talent, like in a talent exchange. I think the biggest match you could do with someone from the UFC that's not Brock Lesnar. Because I don't think you want to bring in like Mark Hunt to wrestle Brock at WrestleMania after this. That would just be you've already saw the real version. Right. You don't want to see the uh, the sports entertainment version after that. Mm-hmm. I think Conor McGregor versus Seth Rollins would be fantastic. Indeed. I think that's the best the 
I don't know. I guess try to trump me on that, fans, if you can think of a better one. But I think that's the best one um, because people know who Conor McGregor is. It, it kind of has a similar vibe to Mayweather and show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just – the war of words would be amazing. And Seth Rollins being a heel, you know, he could totally lose and come out fine, kind of like Big Show did in his match with Mayweather back at WrestleMania 24, that was. Um, although although McGregor is so heelish himself, like that would that would be such an interesting dynamic. Well, I guess that's true, and you would think that the wrestling fans would cheer for their guy as opposed right. to Connor. But I just just seeing that would be mind blowing, in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, McGregor's fighting at UFC two hundred two. I think he's the rematch with Nate Diaz is happening there, um, mm-hmm. and then maybe he would have one more fight between now and then. The other thing that they say Brock's going to fight in July and then wrestle at SummerSlam. Like if he gets majorly mauled or concussed, like that could put a big SummerSlam match in jeopardy. And my thing too is, who if if he goes in and wins a, an Ultimate Fighting Championship match, who do you put him against in WWE other than Roman Reigns? That's a great question. I think and, Roman uh, Reigns would have to be the opponent, don't you think? Yeah, well, especially if he's still champion by then, I, I think I think that's right. Um, yeah, because otherwise, I don't see. I mean, Brock, of course, does still have. If we if we think back to WrestleMania thirty one, for example, he one can make the case that he still has a beef with Seth Rollins. Um, although I'm not sure, I'm sold all that sold yet on a Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar match. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was when they did it at Battleground last year, though. They did do that at about you're okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I was in St. Louis and I, I had to leave a day before that. I missed that pay per view live by a day. Mm-hmm. That's why I remember that. Um, yeah, I, I guess the amount that we've talked about it just kind of shows that it is a very interesting scenario. Um, sure. Will you watch the fight live when it happens? I doubt it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and it's not that like I, I like MMA and every now and then I will catch especially some of the uh, UFC fight nights, but um, it, it's it's never been something that I just go out of my way to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I doubt it, but we'll see. The only way I would do it is if a bunch of friends locally were also getting it because, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay a full – I think it's like 65 bucks or something crazy like that. Right. I, I don't know. That's just me. Well, um, I guess before we let you go, because you're not going to be able to make kind of the second half of the episode when we get back together after TakeOver tonight, um, any final impressions on what you expect to see tonight? And then we can either make fun of you that you were wrong or applaud you that you were correct uh, in hindsight. Uh, Final impressions. Well, I'll just start by saying I'm looking forward to this card. And I say that because initially I wasn't all that excited about it. Um, in some of the early parts of his buildup, uh, because as much as I like both Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, it, I wasn't exactly excited by the prospect of a third straight takeover with them in the main event. Um, as much as I like American Alpha and Dash and Dawson, I wasn't excited to see that exact same match again since we saw it live in Dallas. We did. But it was great. It, it was yeah, it was great. But and. But, you know, in the last couple weeks or so, I think WWE has done a great job hyping this pay-per-view. And I I think one could argue that 
maybe with the exception of Dillinger's match, that all of these matches just feel very important. Like they they feel like they could re- be kind of pivotal matches in, in NXT history, and of course the whole the end thing kind of adds intrigue to that so mm-hmm. well they changed um, the name from revenge to the end so like yeah. clearly there's and i don't know if you caught this i posted it on our twitter before we went on on the air here triple h has scheduled a live facebook interview where like i guess someone down there is going to interview him live you know how they do those live facebook feed videos mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. so someone's going to interview him about 15 minutes after the conclusion of the um, the special tonight Interesting. Yeah, you know, and it, it does feel like there is something big that can happen, and I mean, I think the name of the pay-per-view really helps that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is finally the, kind of the blow-off match with, with Joe and Balor. Um, Nakamura and, and um, Austin Aries should be fantastic, Yes. right? But um, I just wonder, because with the sort of gradual at least what I'm sensing is a gradual heel turn with Aries. I think there's a lot of possibilities that can come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the tag team match should be interesting is because I, I have been sort of noticing on Twitter that a lot of people are thinking American Alpha are on their way up to the, to the main roster, which could be true, especially with the brand split coming up. But I would be more inclined to bring Dash and Dawson up yeah. and keep American yeah. Alpha in NXT a little bit longer. Um and so I'm just curious to see what will happen sort of with that match and the aftermath of it. Um, and I think we're going to be, I have high expectations for Nia Jax and Asuka. Um, Asuka's always great, but I've, I have to say I've been more and more impressed with Nia Jax lately, both in the ring and on the mic. And I mean, I think it's a tough challenge for her to hang with Asuka, but I think she's going to show... Um, that she's capable. I really, there's some, okay, I'm trying to think out how to put this. There's so many ways they could go with a lot of the matches tonight. Like you already <laughs> described very well the American Alpha, you know, you could really go either way on who you have to win that one. Mm-hmm. I, I look at the Asuka match and I look at the Nakamura match in a lot of the same way. You know, if you were going kind of paint by numbers, of course Nakamura should continue his his upward ride as should Asuka they should not lose Mm -hmm. but it does so much more for their opponents to win like if Nia Jax loses then what and if Austin Aries loses then what yeah I and if I had to pick between those two I think Austin Aries is going is the bigger likely for lack of a better term kind of upset for the night I really think Austin Aries should win that uh, maybe in in like a dastardly type of heel way, I think he should win. Yeah, or if not win, then you know maybe after the match he you know does a brutal attack or something on Nakamura. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna see. There's gonna be some sort of unexpected win tonight, and um, I, my eye and I said this on our predictions episode. My eyes on Aries for that one. Um, mm-hmm. I think the end, the subtitle, refers to this main event. Um, you know, if you, you really just read straightforward with it, it kind of feels like it's Finn Balor's swan song mm-hmm. in NXT. Um, I don't know. I, something feels weird about it at the same time where, like, 
I don't know. I think, in my opinion, and this is looking at it now, not in hindsight, this might be the most important NXT match that there has been up to this point. Yeah, and it feels like that. And just like, in terms of what's going to come out of it, you could say that yeah. about the the Bailey Sasha Banks series of matches, but I think historically, in terms of the main event on the main roster, this might be one of the biggest NXT matches, if not the biggest. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it definitely feels that way, and it feels like a change is coming. Um, I think a lot of websites have posted highlights of um, the recent conference call Triple H did, where he talked about how you know the NXT roster could potentially change with the brand split and WWE needing to fill Raw and SmackDown. Cheap plug. I talked a lot about that very topic on our most on our previous episode to this one, so it's mm-hmm. called Samoa Balor. Check that out if you want to hear more about that. Continue. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know with with the tons of new talent that are already at the Performance Center, and um, who knows how many people might be kind of brought on to the, brought into the fold with this cruiserweight series. Um, this is going to make space for potentially a lot of new people to get more recognition. And, and so I think ultimately at the end of the day, this is just very exciting. Um, this, this pay-per-view, it feels big. It feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm re- I've really been looking forward to it for the last couple of weeks and I'm, I'm glad the night is finally here. Um, you know, we'll get back with you guys on, I think what I'm going to do is actually chop this up into a part one and part two and just put this out now. Mm-hmm. Cause it, and then when people, if they really want to listen to the NXT takeover review, they can check out part two later when we post that tonight. Um, so thank you, Dr. M for coming on. We'll be sad that you can't make the review, but we know that you're going to pretty much mark out for everything. So you'll yep. be marking out in spirit. I guess you have a friend to pick up at the airport tonight. Yep. Um, yeah, enjoy TakeOver, everybody. Um, what the end means. Hopefully we'll have the answer to that question by the end of the night. Thank you for listening. Part two is coming. Um, give us about you know 45 minutes to an hour after TakeOver wraps, and we'll have that for you. All right, talk to you in a minute.